The Charlotte Ledger Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Hey, Tony Macia with the Charlotte Ledger, and you're listening to the Charlotte Ledger Podcast. You can find out more about the Charlotte Ledger and subscribe to our newsletters by going to thecharlotteledger.com. Today, we're doing something a little different, the mini podcast, an express version on the 2023 Charlotte-Mecklenburg Board of Education election. We're going to get you up to speed with everything you need to know to be an informed voter in less than 10 minutes. Of course, if you want to know more, you can go to the Charlotte Ledger election hub at thecharlotteledger.com. We'll be highlighting it through election day, which is Tuesday, November 7th. We're making all of our election resources available for free to everyone with no ads at all. And we can do that only because of the support of our Charlotte Ledger paying members. So if you're not a member, why not join us today? I have with me on this Express podcast a couple of people who are very familiar with this election. Andos Helms, education reporter with WFAE, who has covered education in Charlotte for many years. And Ledger elections researcher Sucharita Kadali, who is also a former CMS parent and who led her school's PTA. I should mention also, I am a CMS parent. So thank you both. Let's get right to it. Let's start with the very basics. Anne, what does the school board do? And what's the current board like? And why does this election matter? Well, they oversee the 17th largest school district in America, which is one of the largest employers and property owners in Mecklenburg County, and which, of course, holds the key to civic and economic success and educational opportunity in our area. Their market share has shrunk a little bit over the years, but they still educate a little over 70% of the students in this area. So it's a really big deal. There are nine members. They are mostly Democrats. This is a pretty blue county. They run as nonpartisan, and often they function, I think, as fairly nonpartisan. But people love to gripe about the school board, but they don't always go in and know who they're voting for. As you mentioned, it's a nine-member board. They're elected to four-year terms. These are nonpartisan races, which means party identification is not on the ballot. Six members of the board are elected by district, and three are elected at large, which means by the entire county. Now, this election, the six district seats are not on the ballot, although in the most recent election, I think five newcomers came to the board. So you're having a lot of turnover on this board in addition to a new superintendent. And so what's on the ballot this year is the three at-large seats, and there are 14 candidates for three seats. And we're going to have some more newcomers because only one incumbent is on the ballot running again, and that's Lenora Ship. And who is Lenora Ship, and what is she like? She is a retired CMS educator, has been a teacher and a principal, and she was elected for the first time four years ago. Uh, she now chairs, I believe, the policy committee, and she served on the superintendent search team. So I think her take is going to be you need some institutional knowledge there, because even if she is elected, she and Thelma Byers-Bailey will be the only people on the board who will have more than one year's experience by the time the new folks get sworn in. And Sucharita, you've looked at the backgrounds of a lot of these candidates. What are some of the themes that you're seeing and what are some of the differences among them? Yes. Yeah, so what, what was interesting to me, Tony, is that there were a lot of differences. There were a few candidates that talked about things like community schools. There was one candidate who's very, very focused on connecting with the Spanish-speaking community. The one common aspect that I did see, and Anne um, probably is familiar with a few more, but issues related to achievement gaps, particularly amongst minority candidate, minority students, and teacher pay that came up frequently too. And this was 
These are consistent themes that were either mentioned on their websites or they had commented on on social media. They'd responded to in various surveys to media outlets. So those would those are probably the things that I would say were most consistent. Yeah, I think for voters, it's going to be a little bit challenging because, like I said, you have 14 candidates for three spots and these are not household names. OK, so one of the things I think is going to wind up being kind of important is some of these endorsements and some of the ways that some of these candidates are identifying and running with each other. And there's what's called a CMS unity slate consisting of Annette Albright, Claire Covington and Michael Johnson Jr. What is the unity slate and who's behind it? Well, what they would say is. The three of us are behind it. We got together. We are running because we think we'll all three get elected and we'll all bring a fresh perspective. Two of them, Annette and Claire, are unaffiliated. Michael Johnson is a Democrat. And there's been kind of this whole buzz behind, you know, who really is behind them and some speculation, particularly among some Democratic activists, that they are what they've called Trojan horse candidates, that some conservative entity, the Republican Party, Moms for Liberty, et cetera, is somehow putting them up to this. And you can't prove a negative, but I have not seen any evidence of that. They, The big thing they point to is the fact that the three of them hired a Republican campaign accounting firm. And they say, yeah, we did. It's like, you know, going to a doctor or a tax preparer. You don't ask what the party is. They do not have any big money coming in, or at least if they did, it, it's going to be after the filing period that recently occurred. I think if I were focusing on a ticket, I, I honestly think the chances that all three of them were, will get elected are extremely slim. One of them, you know, when you have a 14 person race and it is the top three, there's no runoffs, there's no minimum percentage. So the top three get it. And the difference between three and four could be slim. But the four that I would probably keep my eye on the most because they have the most traditional record of getting out the votes, you know, power in the Charlotte area are Lenora Ship, the incumbent we've talked about, Monty Witherspoon, who is making his third run, and Liz Monterey and Shamaya Haynes who are both first-time candidates, um, they, the four of them in aggregate have gotten most of the powerhouse endorsements. I think if you look at voters and how voters decide, I think these endorsements, especially when you have people with not high name identification, that that, that those actually matter. Yeah, so Mecklenburg Democratic Party endorsed Liz Monterey, Lenora Ship, and Monty Witherspoon, the Charles Mecklenburg Black Political Caucus and the African-American Caucus of the Mecklenburg Democrats endorsed Shamaya Haynes, Lenora Shipp, and Monty Witherspoon. You still have several other candidates. Any thoughts on any anybody else who's out there? Well, there are absolutely other candidates. There's one candidate named Bill Fountain, and this is also not his first run. He appears to be a little bit more of, of a conservative candidate. He was he has been very, very critical of what he calls or has called in the past the woke culture of CMS. There's a candidate named Juanrique Hall. And interestingly, Moms for Liberty, they haven't officially endorsed anybody in Mecklenburg County, but the person who is the head of Moms for Liberty is personally actually endorsing Juanrique Hall. Juanrique Hall has, he's got an arrest record. He essentially encourages people to vote for him because he's been through hardship and believes that it's important to have that point of view in a, in a role like this. Tigress McDaniel, she's appeared on a number of different ballots and different roles in the past. So she's also hoping to be elected. And there are two more, Peggy Capehart and Omar 
Harris. And one thing that I will say about those two candidates is that there's just very little available publicly about either of them. Their digital footprints are very, very slim, and they've responded to little to no outreach from any media. I call them our no-shows because they, Mm -hmm. and they have, they have both answered my calls and said, yes, we're really running, but their chances of, I think, making a name in a county this large are not very good because they're not responding to any of the traditional outlets. There are two more. Brian Kasher is also running. He is a former CMS environmental health and safety manager. His time there did not end happily for him. So he has been very critical of CMS leadership and is talking a lot about air and water quality issues within school buildings. Clara Kennedy Witherspoon, she and Juanrique Hall are both candidates who ran in the districts last year, which was a delayed one-year election. So they're just coming off a campaign cycle. It's also important to note you have two candidates named Witherspoon who are running. They are apparently not related to each other, right? They are not. So I know there's some resources out there. We have some on our elections hub. WFAE obviously has a lot of coverage. The Observer has candidate questionnaires, although they're, they are behind a paywall. Are there any other resources out there? If I'm a voter and I want to know more information, what do I do? I think League of Women Voters was planning to put out a voter guide also with the answers to their questionnaires. Again, they are nonpartisan. I think there are people who, you know, they have a perspective on things. All right. Well, Ann and Sucharita, thanks for joining me. That's going to be a wrap for today. Early voting runs through November 4th, 2023. Election day is Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. The polls will be open 6.30 a.m., 7.30 p.m. For more information about your ballot, things like sample ballot, you can go to the Mecklenburg County Board of Elections. We've got As I've mentioned before, information you need to cast an informed vote on our Charlotte Ledger election hub at thecharlotteledger.com. To our listeners, thanks for listening. The Charlotte Ledger podcast is produced by Lindsay Banks. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. 